At photographycourse.net, you'll be able to swap your expertise with other photographers, make light instead of wishing for it, expand your portfolio, and receive feedback from professionals, all of which will develop your artistic eye. Photographycourse.net offers an abundance of premium courses and challenges for participants at every stage of their journey, from technical settings for portrait photography, to landscape composition tricks, to how to start your own photography business, we have everything you need to start shooting confidently. You can work at a pace that suits you. Our 52-week project challenge will provide you with the educational resources, encouragement, and support that you need to take great photographs every week. You can join us at any time as our themes are evergreen. You can also start by shooting every day and learning something new with our 365 Days of Photography course. Led by an industry expert who has mentored over 10,000 students, this course will help you take your photography skills to the next level with daily, bite-sized videos. Throughout the process of learning, you'll have access to a community that will provide you with inspiration and motivation. Get encouragement from other photographers every single day. Our current limited time offer comes with a special discount code exclusive to the listeners of this podcast. Get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Claim this discount by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST. Come join photographycourse.net and capture more than just a moment. Have you ever been interested in taking meaningful and eye-catching self-portraits? If so, our self-portrait photography indoors on a budget course is perfect for you. I'm actually the instructor and I'll be teaching you how to take really beautiful photographs of yourself indoors without investing in any other equipment. These lessons are all about making the most of what you have, experienced or not, and telling an authentic story. There are 30 video lessons that include quizzes, a community of photographers, random surprises, and much more. This is an incredible opportunity for you to improve your self-portrait photography skills and to impress everyone around you. I have a very special discount code just for our podcast listeners. We're offering a 50% discount code just for you. Use this code to claim your discount, Portrait50. In this episode, I talk to fashion and commercial photographer Armando Espinosa. Armando's work is creative and luxurious, a combination that is difficult to achieve in my opinion. We talk about photography internships, Armando's biggest failures and successes, and much more. Please enjoy. Hey, Armando. Welcome to the podcast. I'm very happy to have you here. Please introduce yourself to the listeners. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me on. And uh, I'm happy to be here. Yes, my name is Armando, Armando Spinoza. And uh, yeah, I'm a commercial fashion art photographer in uh, New York City. Awesome. I think your portfolio is amazing. And you specialize in so many different genres. And you have some interesting things that you focus on, including the collodion process in photography. So I really look forward to having a conversation with you about all of these things. So let's dive into camera equipment. What kind of camera equipment do you use? Oh, well, I have a lot of a lot of cameras. I have 88. <laughs> uh, but uh, the ones that I use the most for the digitals, I would probably say it's uh, two 5Ds, two Canon 5Ds Mark IVs, uh, and uh, 7200 Tweed, and uh, 2470 uh, Tweed as well are my go-tos for everything i had primes the 50 the 85 everything but they sat in the bag for you know two three four years until i'm not a not a 
I definitely need the zooms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of equipment to carry though. Yeah. I mean, you never know. The first time I was in an important, important part and I only had one camera and I, I don't know, it just happened to die that day just for no good reason. So I learned to always have a backup just in case. So you have a, you're always ready and you're not thinking you use all your focus and all your mental capacity to shoot and focus on what you need to do and not like, Oh, what if this happens? What if I don't have it? What if you know what I mean? So you don't disperse your, your, your focus on anything else rather. I mean, only um, on the job at hand. Yeah. Yeah. That's really wise advice because then you're right. We're so focused on photography. We can't be thinking about what camera equipment we have or whether our camera will die what did you do in that moment when your camera died and you just had uh, fortunately i had i was at the studio and i had a friend that lived nearby so i gave her a call and um she was kind enough to you know rush over and uh lend me her camera which it was you know a lifesaver so the only thing client had to wait about an extra hour um maybe a little bit less and uh, it all went back to normal i just had to you know, apologize and uh, do a little tweaks, give them a little more, you know what I mean? And uh, it all worked out perfectly. And, but most importantly, I think it was the lesson to, there was a problem that could potentially be worse in the future. So correct it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank goodness it wasn't too crazy or too, you know, didn't have that. The consequences weren't too horrible. <laughs> yes. Yes, um, definitely. Wonderful. Yeah. And definitely a good lesson for every photographer, especially those who work with clients and who are in these environments where you need to be working professionally with people and giving them a good impression. That's really important. You're a fan of the collodion process in photography. I really like the collodion effect. It has this haunting and elegant feeling to it. And you capture portraits so beautifully using this technique. And I'm curious to know how you got into this kind of photography, because it's quite unique and what your process is like. Well, if I go if I go back a little bit, I remember uh, when I was in school, when I was learning everything, I've always been a fan of everything, old, vintage, scratch. It has a lot more character, I would say, to it than just plain and clean. Mm-hmm. And um, I used to, in high school, used to make my photos look kind of old and vintagey, you know, with whatever Photoshop things you could throw in there, <laughs> scratches and this and that. And it wasn't until I was here in New York and, and I a client of mine rented a studio and he was in the, the Hudson yards and I met this photographer. I, I wouldn't do uh, so um, in the Hudson yards. And I went to this to his studio and he had this beautiful, beautiful vintage, not, not even vintage, an antique camera from the late 1800s with this beautiful brass lens. And I just, it's like, you know, when <laughs> I don't know how do you define love or something that attracts you to you, it could be, you know, a specific person it could be a car it could be so many things that just attract you shine so bright in front of you that you're like you're just so drawn to them so when i saw this camera i i, I my entire focus was the, what's in it so mm-hmm. i started talking to him what about this i, I just bugged you know i bugged <laughs> up the, up and down with questions and uh, he was like the friendliest coolest guy ever and uh he told me pretty much the entire process he showed me some photographs and i knew like i knew right then and then that i was going to do that because that is what i've been kind of faking always in a way uh without because i didn't know there was another alternative so i made my mission to learn this process to figure everything as much as i can about it 
and um, you know I didn't know the journey that you're kind of getting yourself into because at that time there was only two people you could learn this process from as far as I knew one of them was uh, at the uh, George Eastman house in uh, Rochester New York but it was about three thousand dollars for per um, you know I believe it's a weekend to learn plus supplies plus getting your own stuff so it was very far and expensive for somebody that just trying to figure trying to a young photographer trying to get you know you barely saving for a camera for a lens so you don't have the the means to do all that and another one was a another guy that teaches in the mountains the original process but he had a two or three year wait list and you had to stay in the mountains and learn how the process is made originally since you know since back in the day and it's about a week you have to stay there and learn everything by hand and it's it was i wish so much that i could have learned that but i couldn't wait three years to learn to get into the list and, and learn it so i started i started research researching and researching and spend a thousand hours messing everything up to maybe get like a patch of light here and there and eventually worked out every single every single error that I could have made to make a print to figure out the process. And after that, then you don't have to focus as much on, you know, on the process itself and learning it. It's then you focus on what it is that you're going to create. And there is nothing like the feeling, how engaged you are, the focus you have, because again, a thousand things can go wrong and you get nothing. So your entire focus is there. And um, I'm a, a firm believer of, you know, your senses, the more your senses get into something, the better things are, you know, it could be food, it could be, you know, intimacy with somebody else, the more you're engaged with something, the better it is. So with this process, it's you, you have the smell, you touch it, you know, you, you hear it. Uh, it's, you're so much more involved than anything else with than photography. And it also, you have only a few, a few photographs that you can take because mm-hmm. how long it takes the entire process to do and how expensive it is. So you have, you have to connect a lot more with your subject. It forces you to be different than if you're shooting digital and, you know, let's shoot a thousand photos and let's hope 10 of them are great. It's an entire different process. You have to use the other side for your brain. You, it, it's, oh my, it's, it's so hard to describe unless you've done it, but it's, it's definitely one of those things that, that you fall, that you fell in love with, you know, back, back in the day. Wow. Wow. That's a very interesting process. And how long is a typical collodion photo shoot in general? Well, I try to give myself at least two to three hours because it depends what kind of um, light you're working with. If it's natural light, if you have certain wattages or you could take anywhere from five to 40 seconds for image, but also the preparation, having all your gear right you have to check everything it takes a little while to get everything under control before you can shoot so at the end of the day you probably end up shooting about 10 15 at the most i would say uh photographs and again so many things can go wrong you know she can the the person you're photographing can move a little bit so Mm -hmm. sometimes that's a blessing sometimes that's a curse it's but also the magic that he does you don't have even though you have full control of everything you don't have the entire control to see what it is that is going to appear sometimes he, those imperfections make everything just absolutely more beautiful than than they would have been clean otherwise and, and that's part of the magic then when you get there you see it it's unlike anything else 
Right. Yeah, I can imagine because usually like in digital photography, we have so much control nowadays, especially in editing programs. And you know, this is a commercial fashion photographer, right? You can just edit anything out or you can add anything to a picture. So with this kind of photography, it's it's stressful, I would say. But also I can imagine that it's free because you do have the opportunity to capture imperfections, like you're not in full control. And so you just have to work with what you have. And that can sometimes be very fulfilling. So it's pretty cool. Oh, that, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, it's okay. No, no, no. It's okay. That was all I wanted to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. It's uh, it's uh, at the same time, it's a great balance, I feel, to capture somebody in that sort of way without any of the technology, without any of the rush, without anything. Something that forces you to stay still, to think, and to think again, and to think again, and to connect. It's something that it's not around all that much. I don't think everything it's, you know, on the gear, what it is, the like everything else except that invisible moment that where a photography actually happens, you know, the connection between the two of you, your personal, when you're a hundred percent being there, it's something that it's an incredible balance to have from the artistic side to the uh, commercial side. It's uh, if you can pull a little bit of one and add it to another one, I think it's a beautiful combination. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. And one more question for me regarding this type of photography. I've always been curious, like I've seen photographs on your website and on other websites. Do you scan those you know, photographs? So how does that work? Because they look like high quality photographs taken on a digital camera. So I've always been very curious how photographers have been able to photograph them in such a high quality. Well, I, I do scan my uh, the, the prints. Uh, the original prints that I shoot could be four by five, uh, five by seven, mm-hmm. um, eight by ten, and now eleven by fourteen. That, that's one one photograph, one mm-hmm. one negative, making it, shooting it, and developing it. Uh, but once you have it, of course, that is all that you have. So you scan them to make you know, to get as much detail as possible. It's the only thing about seeing an actual print and seeing it on, you know, a scan and on a website or anywhere, anywhere at once it's digitized, it loses, in my opinion, about 60 to 70, about 60% of, of its actual beauty because this made, this photographs are made with silver nitrate. It's just, so the reflection and when you get there, it's silver. So you see everything once you move the you can see the shine you can see the the glistening from the element you know the the particles in the photograph embedded and it's so different than seeing it just on a digital print because it's somewhat flat and that it's something that i feel some people should experience you know in person because it's again the beauty it's it, it translates to a certain point but not with the real thing Okay, wow. I didn't know this. Thank you for sharing this. So you'll only get the full experience if you're there in person taking those photographs or looking at those photographs. Yeah, I mean, to see one, it, it's, it, if you polish it, if you do whatever it is, it's, it's so much different to see it, to hold it, to smell it, to, again, the more senses you get to it, it, it the more it connects you to something uh, than if you see it on the screen and it's a little bit foreign. It might give you that. You know, it gives you that, oh my God, that looks cool, but it, it's not as cool. It's like, for instance, you know, like you see a great car, like, you know, in TV and you like it, you could possibly buy it and you feel great and it's great. It's not the same as you driving that car. And like, <laughs> Italy, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's that, it's that sort of thing, in, in my opinion. 
and it's it, it's a beautiful process. Yeah, that's, that was a good analogy. Yeah, it makes sense. Definitely. When you were 24 years old, you traded your car for a one-way ticket to New York City. That must have been yeah. a scary but thrilling life decision, right? What was your first photography-related thing that you did after your move? Well, as soon as I moved, that was the intention. So I uh, scouted pretty much Craigslist looking for where can I learn real, you know, real-life photography. I, I wanted to... Uh, you know, see if I can get an internship with somebody, if I can carry somebody's bags so they can, they can teach me real life studio work in New York City, which is, you know, the dream that I had. So I emailed a bunch of photographers. Hey, could I please do this? Can I do that? Can I? So I went in a bunch of little helping days here and there with different places, different things. For the most part, I really didn't get paid. Sometimes just it was lunch. It was this, it was this and that, but he got me to be in the environment. Uh, that I wanted at the place where I wanted and see what it was all about from the inside a little bit, you know, and then from there on, on forward, you could, then you got a bigger perception of, of what it is like, you know, from the lighting side, from the editing side, from the computer side, from the photographer carrying the camera, from the directing of whatever it is that you're shooting to how to deal with clients, creative directors. It, it's, it's so much that you learn just being there, not doing anything, staying quiet holding something it's it opens those doors in a way to see you know the real the real the real way this is done all the glamour and also not the so glamorous of it all and uh, my first um internship i believe it was with andrew andrew steinman andrew steinman i believe um he had a studio in tribeca and uh back like 14 years ago 13 years ago something like that can't remember all that well but that was that was my first uh internship just help him carry bags and move stuff around and clean the studio and uh little by little he taught me a few valuable things about the industry what to do what not to do and you know just i was just eager to learn as much as i could from, from a working real photographer right that's a cool story it's great that you did this for yourself and that you reached out to people because that can be the scariest part for a lot of photographers to reach out to people to take initiative how much experience did you have at the time when you moved to New York City? At the time, I had very little experience. I mean, I had experience that I put on myself, inviting friends and family to be my models, you know, with a uh, very low entry equipment and gear. And at the time, I was just learning what, you know, shutter speed was and kind of using it. And, and even if I could, it was very limiting because, you know, it, it was a kid little camera. And, uh, but I wanted to do that. What I really knew was that I really wanted to do that. So I invited friends or friends of friends and we had a little garage, had a, we had a little garage on my, where I used to live and, and bought like this curtain and some crappy lights and, and pretended like I knew what a, I didn't know anything, but I knew I'd love being in that environment and, and and trying to create something out of nothing and, and seeing some kind of different beauty on them that nobody else saw. That's what I knew. I wanted to do that, hopefully for a living. So there was, there was only one way to do it, you know, go all out or just don't or keep dreaming about it. Yeah. But yeah, I really like this story because I know that a lot of photographers and maybe some of these people are listening to this episode now. A lot of people, they worry about how they'll be perceived by professional photographers who have more experience than them, or if they'll even be accepted into the photography community. 
especially when it comes to you know commercial photography and fashion photography. So I think it will be uplifting for them to know your story because you just took initiative, even though you didn't have much experience, and you started getting you know these internships, and that's how you learned and how you improved. So that's really amazing and good for you for being so brave at the time. Thank you, thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah, I mean it's one of those things, you know, creative, creative things. And if any young photographers, I want to do that right now. It's so different, you know, I, I, but I guess every time I hear that now, it's so different than before hearing that from older photographers or older, it, it is always going to be different, but the only thing that is going to remain different is you. So how you, how you get into the environment, how do you, how do you carry yourself? And most importantly, your, your personal philosophy as a photographer in my opinion, it's something that later in life, it's something that I discovered that it was one of the most important things to learn and to have besides the gear, besides everything else, all that it's so small compared to your own personal philosophy in life, what it is that you want, how do you carry yourself about it? And, and, you know, no permission from anyone you do and you create. And the more you develop that to, for yourself and to yourself, a way of seeing in life, the more everything just seems to get easier or clears clears the way in some sort of way. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with you. Your philosophy, your values as a photographer, as a person, they're going to help you get through difficult times. And there will be difficult times. It's inevitable. So, yeah, once you have those values set, then nobody will get in your way. That's for sure. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Photographycourse.net is a place where you can find an abundance of photography inspiration in different forms like premium courses, articles, video tutorials, editing resources, and much more. We have a thriving community where you can meet new people, receive constructive criticism, and discover new ideas every single day. Here is a message from one of our top community members, Robert Morton. Hi, my name is Rob. I specialize in wildlife photography and landscape photography. I'm a member of photographycourse.net online community. I like the community because you get some fantastic ideas and some great feedback. So take your photography to the next level by clicking the link in the description. That's what I did and I haven't looked back. If you want to join our online community, go to photographycourse.net and enter the coupon code podcast to get 50% of your first year as a premium member. Fashion and commercial photography have a distinct and professional look. What advice would you give to aspiring fashion or commercial photographers? Um, well, just starting out, I it, it's always changing. It's always new things. Mm-hmm. It's I never followed any yeah. any guidelines or rules or sort of way to you know to I guess do it. But I would say it's just take initiative. I would say take initiative to what it is. If you can recognize early on what it is that moves you, what it is that, you know, in life, certain things shine in front of you. And if you follow those things, whatever, whatever that genre is for photography to you, don't let it die. Don't let it like sizzle out. Follow it, make it stronger, make it, make it better for you in a way. And, and that, you know, because if you don't do that, I will lessen you as a person. So you want to follow that, whatever it is, that creative endeavor that you want to try. If it's fashion commercial, my, do you research who the best, or according to what you know at that time, best fashion photographers are? 
try to understand why it is that you like them, try to understand that philosophy and, and then reach out to people. Let's see what we can do, what it took to do that, what the models are. And it's, it's such a, not a linear path. I don't think that you follow it's a jungle. So it's not, it not following the school and going and getting your degree and going at, you're not going to, you're not going to be anywhere. It's, it's just you. I would say you put yourself out there, you look for your jobs. And, and after a little while that you do all the work and all the work is going to come back to you, all the people are going to look for you. Um, but, but you have to do all the initial work, all the legwork at the very beginning and learn as much as you can learn and practice, learn and practice, learn and practice, learn and practice as much as you can and repeat that you would be set. Um, you would be, you would be okay. If you learn as much as you can and you practice it right away, you learn again, you practice it again, you learn and practice, it'll cement everything in your mind and your body and you have that drive to go out there and do things. I think it's, it's, it's very important in this industry. Our three, six, five days of photography course is an amazing opportunity for you to grow as a photographer. My teammate, Kevin LJ, has produced this course in a step-by-step format, which is very easy to follow. The course is presented in bite-sized lessons, each with a practical challenge. You'll learn and practice a new aspect of photography every single day. Each lesson is around five minutes long, and you can spend as much time on the challenges as you like. There's also a friendly forum where you can share the photos you take and get constructive feedback from others in the course. Kevin's professional photography experience is extensive. He covers not only photography essentials, but also many genres of photography throughout the course. You will learn far more about photography than simply how to use your camera. For our listeners, we're offering a very special discounted price of $199. The final price will soon be $365, so make sure to take advantage of this great deal today. Mm, Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I like what you said about it being a jungle because I think any genre in photography is a jungle. Photography is a jungle in itself in some ways. But I know that's frustrating to some people. But on the other hand, there's this huge advantage to that. And that is that if you don't have a conventional lifestyle, or if you feel like your circumstances are kind of in the way, then you can still succeed regardless of everything. Like in spite of that, you can still succeed as a photographer. You can still find your own calling as a photographer. So in a way, it's good that it's not linear because it just shows that Every photographer's journey is unique and it can lead to success. Oh, yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, don't let anybody else, you know, defer you from it. You, if it's something that you want, you go after it. Don't ask permission <laughs> and, you know, do your absolute best. But be honest to yourself that you really want to do that. If you if you half-ass it, don't waste your time. Yeah. Like, they're not going to let you just take everything that you want in life if you half-ass it. You have to. You really, really have to put all put in your all. Absolutely, yeah. initiative is so important, especially for beginners, but even for advanced photographers. If you take initiative, then people will admire you for it, and you'll also be able to find a bunch of amazing opportunities for yourself that you wouldn't be able to find if you just sat at home and dreamed about things. <laughs> so, <laughs> You're absolutely right. That is definitely essential to stay there and dream, but only for so long. After that, you gotta get out there. And knock on a bunch of doors. Exactly. Yeah. I'm curious to know, do you retouch your own photographs or do you work with a professional editor? Um, there's been whatever it is that I have on my side and everything. Yes, everything I did myself. 
in different jobs, different clients. Sometimes they do their own work, uh, which is facilitate the photographs. Um, but my own personal, I, I am way too much hands-on to let other people, I don't know, mm-hmm. you know, do it. Uh, if there is a big batch of things that I have to do and they're simple, they're like white background, this and that, everything sharp, then you send a batch somewhere, you know, 100, 200. And, but again, they're e-commerce and this and that. There's not something that is going to make it to your portfolio or anything like that. So that, that can uh, be outsourced somewhere else and, you know, free you up to do other creative endeavors. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. And I'm actually quite impressed because on your website, your photographs, they have this beautiful... First of all, you look perfect, but without looking unnatural, if that makes any sense. Like it's clear that they were retouched, but it's not unnatural. And I really like that effect. I think it's difficult to achieve. So I would love to know if you have any retouching tips for people who want to improve their editing skills. Um, I would say it, it was never just going in and try to learn. It was again, it was learning and practice, learning and practice, learning and practice. Watch a bunch of videos. Um, and well, that can be very <laughs> That can be also a little bit of uh, learning. You can learn a lot and learn learn the wrong things, um, not just the right things or the best things. You can also go backwards when you learn a lot from people or things that they're not, I guess, all that beneficial. Mm-hmm. But I saw what kind of work I liked. I separated it, try to study it a little bit and see what it is that I like and how I could recreate that. Then after that, I saw pretty much a bunch of videos, tutorials, different editing programs, you know, whatever, whatever was in my array, the more options to see how I can come down and do that. And, uh, it's just, again, it's just work, work, work. And until a point that you're comfortable and it just becomes like, Oh, this is, this is me. This feels like me. I'm comfortable. I'm happy with, with the way that this, you know, that everything's here. Um, and again, that changes with time also, like maybe you don't like it so much or, you know, you're, you're your way of thinking about photography, the aesthetics keeps changing. So you change your mentality about them. But more than anything, it's just practice, learn, practice, learn, practice, learn. And uh, you develop your own sort of way of seeing and understanding and, and your own value, aesthetic value in a visual form. Yeah, yeah, that's good advice. Yeah, I think, again, Going back to your advice about practicing and learning and applying that knowledge and actually doing things, I think that's the best way to learn for sure and to also be okay with you know, failing, not liking a specific style, trying again. You just have to keep going through through that cycle in order to find your unique style. And I truly believe everyone has their own style, right? And retouching and photography. Do you agree? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and to a certain point, I, I do believe that, but also... I mean, nowadays, I, I don't know, <laughs> like, it's a little bit harder or it's getting a little bit harder to distinguish whose mm-hmm. photographs it is. If you don't have the name, a lot of it lately feels like it's just, oh, that's, you know, you, I don't know if you can identify the photographer just by looking at the photos. Mm-hmm. Everything is either has a filter or, you know, filter that is sold massively and everybody's looking either super bright and overexposed or super dark and moody. So. I mean, and it's great. It's a great photograph. But if you want to develop your own, your own, your own, your own sort of way, I would say start with something like that. Then add something that is yours. Uh, hopefully something with a little, you know, that makes it classier, that makes it nicer, that makes it and not the other way. Because, you know, it could go overtly done or too cheesy or too fake or too over colorful. 
I mean, if, if you can find a good blend with everything uh, that speaks well of you that you're happy, then, you know, go with that. Yeah, yeah, great advice. On your website, you mentioned that you've had many failures and successes as a photographer. What has been your biggest failure and your biggest success so far? Well, my, my biggest failure is probably a little bit of regret of not at a certain point in time, a few years back, would uh, not getting too comfortable, I guess, getting too, getting a little too comfortable with my work and where I was that work was coming in and I stopped developing myself. I stopped learning. I stopped producing. I stopped creating. I stopped seeing, trying to understand new ways of seeing. So, and that's what I realized you, you get stagnant and, and nothing grows there. Nothing grows, nothing new comes out. And it was a great time that I could have done a lot. So, it wasn't so much with a client or a job or anything. It was in a personal way of learning that I wish I would have kept going and tried to figure out new ways, new things, new ideologies for photography, new ways of thinking, new ways to find beauty. You know, if I could have gone to try and understand art a little bit more, to apply it to my photography, to try and understand life a little bit more, to add it to my photography, if I could have understand philosophy a little bit more to add it to my photography, but it wasn't, you know, it was just more like copy and paste, copy and paste, copy and paste. And that's something that I kind of regret a little bit at this, at this time. Uh, I don't know if it's a failure because now you learn from it, but it's something that I look back and I am not happy about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. I think we all have regrets like that as photographers where, especially if we've already been taking photographs for some time and we've had opportunities to grow and we just didn't take those opportunities. Then yeah, it's definitely something that a lot of people regret, but I think it's something a lot of people can relate to artists, photographers in general. We do have phases in our lives where maybe we're not growing as much as we'd like to. And, but it's definitely not a failure. As you said, it's something that you've learned from. So, I mean, you've used it to improve yourself. So I, I think it's more like a learning lesson. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, everybody goes through that. Everybody has that, you know, mental hiccup that you know for so long that you you kind of stay in the same thing. And and but the, the, I guess the faster you can recognize that and, and go out and I mean just the forcing yourself every day to to try to do it is the hardest part, I guess, for every creative endeavor. Uh, photography itself, and speaking from my own personal opinion, it's it's something that it takes a lot of self care and a lot of self realization to do things you know because it's either going to come from you or it's not going to go anywhere it's never going to come so it's like you you're the one that has to be working on you in order to produce some of the most beautiful things that you have in the inside and make them visible absolutely yeah you have to take the initiative with other people and with yourself and that can be the hardest part that's for sure what about your biggest success so far i well, it's, I got to a point after, you know, a few years of working that I don't know if it's a success or just a different way of thinking, but I would say all my motivation these days my, to do and to create, it's internal. It's all internal. It's not, it's not tainted, but, you know, the pretty phase or like how much money you can get paid or, you know, what client it is. It's like that doesn't move me anymore. Now, nowadays, it's, it's all internal. And and I'm not saying that from a bad way. Oh, I want to shoot it. I don't want to shoot it. But no, it's it's it comes from a place of of, of peace and and 
you want to create something again that has more value than you give. I don't, I don't know how to explain it all that well, but it's 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 a peaceful sentiment to have within yourself. And to me, that's uh, to get to that point. Whether before you you got to be a little more desperate about everything, about jobs, about so much stuff. Nowadays, just to realize that it's 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 just you want to do or don't want to do things. It's I guess that that would be it. I don't know if that makes any sense or not. No, it makes sense. Like it is a success to be peaceful and to be satisfied with the way that you're living your life. That is a huge success in my opinion, and that's something a lot of people strive towards. So, no, your answer completely makes sense. Okay, last question for you is, what is the one thing you'd like to achieve in this great big photography world? Oh, that's something I never thought about. Um, <laughs> but um, what would I like to to achieve in this big photography world? I would say just be, ha- be very proud of the work that I do according to my the thinking that I have at the time. I wanted to have some kind of, other than the artist, other than the ten. I mean, I'm sorry. Other than the aesthetic value that it is, I wanted to have a little bit more. A little to. Ha- I wanted to have a little more introspection from myself into the work. I wanted to have sentiments that I have or that I feel, or or things that I believe are important into the work that I do. So, I wanted to be me in the work that I do, and and not so much create. For, for the sake of making something pretty. I wanted to have philosophical value. I wanted to have... <laughs> so sorry, I'm just so not, not great about don't talking worry. about it. Take your time. Yeah, I just wanted to have my own personal philosophy uh, of the work and not so much about a pretty smiles and colors. You know, if you can trans- if you can take sort of anything that it's on a photograph, that it's what captures you right away and you can dissect it and you can... Um, at the end of the day, I wanted I wanted to look at it and I wanted to be in a way that it's like if I stand in front of myself, say like yes, that is all that I believe. That is the way that I see beauty to the most refined that I could possibly get to. Um, I you know I this is the way that I connected all those dots that I learned throughout my life about photography, about life, about philosophy, about everything that that moves me about everything that calls me about everything that shines within me into a visual form into a visual image if he has all those points if he has all those things that I that have so much value within me then that would be a time and a beauty and peace for me because I was able to do that and it goes beyond the camera it goes beyond the settings it goes beyond like what the person was wearing it goes beyond it's just all mental. Oh, yes, this is all that I learned. This is all I found beautiful. This is all I put into myself and to create this. And if people were to see it and understand that, or then the better. But at the end of the day, it's just, it's just I'd be happiest if I can put all those things together into a vision form. Does that make sense? I don't know. Absolutely. Absolutely makes um, sense. Yeah. I mean, we talk about photography and we think about it being shared online on instagram on Flickr, 500px you know any photography website whatever and we think about the way that those photographs will be perceived but i think sometimes we forget to think about how we perceive our own work and the relationship we have just by looking at our own photographs and how we feel when we do that so i like your answer because it's quite unique and i think it's it's interesting that we 
yeah, I just think it's important for us to be more introspective as photographers and to sometimes take the time to say, okay, how do I feel about my work and how do I feel about the way that this makes me feel, you know, and how do I want to improve in the future? So yeah, thank you for sharing your perspective on, on your photography with me. And I, I'm kind of more encouraged to look at my work and take the time to spend quality time with my own work before sharing it with other people, just to see how I feel about it personally. So yeah, yeah, thank you for sharing your perspective. No, thank you very much. Thank you. And I'm sorry uh, <laughs> I couldn't eloquently put it all out there as much as I would like or how I feel. But uh, they, they, again, that's that misconnection a little bit into thinking or feeling a certain way and not being able to either execute it. You know you know what I mean? Like you Absolutely. have all those dots within you, but yeah. even if you have them. Yeah, okay. Sorry, sorry. No, no, it's okay. It's okay. Go ahead. <laughs> No, no, I was uh, even just just on the words alone that we're talking, like not being able to express. It's sort of the same way in the photography world, like having an image and you know either the person you're capturing, the environment, and whatever. It's 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 not what you had in mind. It's not quite there, but you know you had it inside you to see it another way, to understand it the different way. You saw beauty that did not translate, that did not go in there. Was it a fault of yours? Was it the environment? Was it it's always a little bit of disconnect with everything. And, and I want to get to a point that there isn't that, that, that you kind of went through all those little things, all those little flaws or misunderstandings within yourself or, or, or the lack of knowing something and, and know it and put it into something that it's just like, yes, I know how to translate my soul. I know how to translate something that is beautiful inside me into a visual form. That's to me, is the most important thing and to a point that I would get to be happy with my work, with what I do, with how I perceive things, how I see the world, how I find beauty, um, and on and on. Right, yeah. I mean, being able to express yourself with words is difficult, but with visuals, that's even more difficult. So to achieve that level of expression, to be able to translate your emotions well into photography, that's that's quite a skill and definitely something to look forward to as a photographer so yeah your perspective makes sense and i'm sure that you'll achieve this because your work is already really professional and i sense a lot of emotions when i look at your pictures no matter who or what the subject is so i have no doubt that you will continue improving and growing as a photographer and thank you so much for sharing your story with me and the listeners i mean i really hope that they learned a lot from you today you're very kind thank you very much uh, for taking the time and, and yeah, um, it was a pleasure being here. And anything that I can do, anything I can, just uh, I'm happy to help. Thank you. Thank you. Great Big Photography World wouldn't be what it is without our incredible listeners. We're grateful for the time you take to listen to other photographers' stories and share your feedback with us. If you'd like to help us keep this podcast running smoothly, you can become a member on our website. In return for your help, we'll provide you with all kinds of exciting perks go to greatbigphotographyworld.com. There's a link to it in the show notes. I loved finding out about Armando's photography and his approach to the collodion process. I hope that his story reminds you that no matter how unconventional your path is, you can still succeed as a photographer if you remain persistent. See you next week. There's a simple reason why photographycourse.net is the highest rated photography community in the world. It's because the people who use it made it that way. Why not join us right now? Improve your skills, get exposure, and discover an exciting new world of photography. While you're at it, 
claim your special discount code by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member.